Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to be welcoming Pete Moore to the podcast. Pete helps entrepreneurs transform their frustrations into freedoms by using a variety of frameworks that help them cut through the chaos and overwhelm of running a business. He's refined his tips, tools, and techniques within his own business over the past 25 years and loves sharing them with others so that they can live the life they deserve as business leaders. And you have my one of my favorite words in your right in your bio of overwhelm, right? We all experience that as business owners. And so I love talking to people who know how to master the chaos and overwhelm and get to work. So thank you so much for joining me today, Pete. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Chelsea. I'm looking forward to our conversation. And yeah, you know, yeah, the people I work with are, are entrepreneurs and they're mm-hmm. business owners. And, you know, from that perspective, there's, they're always, you know, I think business owners by nature are sort of people that, you know, are like going, 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 and they're, they're involved in their, you know, kids hockey, and they're involved in the baseball team, they're involved in their church, they're involved in their business, they're involved, like they're involved. And Mm -hmm. when you're involved in so many different things, it can be easy to get overwhelmed, it can be easy to feel, you know, sometime you're just lying in bed at 10 at night or whatever, and you're going, Oh, my God, how am I, how am I possibly going to get all of this done? But you know what, business owners seem to do it. They seem to get it done. Right. And it's an interesting thing, but overwhelm is such a big piece for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that we're going to talk about some strategies as well, because it's again, one of my favorite parts about having these conversations is that everybody approaches it from so many different ways too. And so you have your specific kind of business niche and the people that you work with, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and your business and, and what inspired you to get started. Yeah, well, I, I've been a business owner all my life, Chelsea. I've really only ever worked for somebody for about six months on a full-time <laughs> basis. So, you know, I've owned franchises in the service business. I've, I've had cleaning businesses, bathroom renovation companies. I, I'm a retailer for the last 12 years. We own some shoe stores. I've been a business broker helping people buy and sell businesses. So business has been my life and entrepreneurism has been my life. And I love talking business, love talking to people who, you know, I just got back before this meeting from a, a chamber of commerce breakfast where, you know, there's like 50 other business owners and we're all just shooting the breeze about that. It just, it invigorates me. It gives yeah. me energy. It doesn't it doesn't suck the energy from me and i think that's one of the things when you think about overwhelm and we put it back into overwhelm you know if something you're doing is draining your energy then that's the thing you need to get rid of first mm-hmm. and if you feel like me going to this last meeting you know seeing everybody you know talking what i like to talk about that gives me energy to continue on as opposed to drains it out So just the acknowledgement of understanding what it is that gives you energy and what it is that sucks it out of you is, I think, a really important thing to address and understand overwhelm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going back to what you said about entrepreneurs being involved and kind of being in on everything, we're all tend to be very ambitious. We, We want to get our name out there. We want to be leaders. But I feel like the older I've gotten, certainly I used to be as a president of like every club, a hundred percent that kid. And the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that exactly to your point, I have to do the things that are bringing me joy and questioning why I'm doing it. Like what my motivation is behind it. Is it actually an organization that I want to get involved in, or is it serving my own ego, which is a tough question to ask yourself. So I, I love that, that framework of really questioning where that overwhelm is coming from and making sure that you're doing things that get you excited and bring you joy. And the Chamber of Commerce has come up in a lot of conversations I've had recently. It's such a great networking tool. So, but I know you, you work with other business owners now too, right? So what type of business owners have you been connecting with recently? Well, although I'm based here in Canada, most of my clients are in the States. I mean, the beauty of digital, you know, Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff. And I do travel a bit, but for the most part, most of my work is done online and having meetings like this. And, you know, we're here on Zoom today and having a chat and so much can be done 
that way. And so who do I work with? Well, because of my sort of varied backgrounds, I work with service contractors. I work with, you know, people that have multiple truck operations and things like that for electrical contractors, all that sort of stuff. I, I obviously work with retailers. I'm I'm a retailer now. I work with some, a couple of retail associations. I've done work with real estate agents, with insurance, with lawyers, with accountants, all sorts of different things in around the type of work that I do with Simplifying Entrepreneurship, which really is understanding what it is you want out of your business and setting the business up so that it delivers that to you because you own your business and it shouldn't own you. And from that perspective, if you feel as though you're working 50, 60, 70 hours, you've been at it for, you know, most of my clients have been at it for three, five, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And they kind of look back and they say, you know, when I got into business, I had this dream that my, you know, when I own my own business, I could have this kind of life. And if, that's not panning out for you yet, then that's essentially the kind of conversations that I have. And we start setting up what I call the five P's, which is I'll give them quickly to you. Yeah. The, your promise, your product, your process, your people, and your profit. So those five areas are what we start digging down into and honing them. Because you may have been at it for a while now and all of that's great. But if things aren't aligning for you so that if your business isn't actually delivering back to you and you're finding yourself with overwhelm of literally, I've got to open the store, I've got to do this, I've got to hire these people, I've got to you know, get this order in, I've got all these things, and you don't have a system in place that's really working to deliver back to you, you're, you own the business, right? So from that perspective, it's kind of like, let's get this going. And it takes some time. Yeah. You know, it's not a three day fix and, you know, but at the same time, if when's the right time to start right now, Yeah, right absolutely. now, it's like, well, I need to start putting this stuff in place. So a lot of times what's happened here and what I'm seeing is, you know, the promise of the business is a little bit off. Things have changed a lot in the last few years, a lot. Mm -hmm. And you know what, what you may have been doing 2020 and, and before may still be a big part of what you do, but how you deliver that may be different now. How you, you know, the, what your clients want from you may be different than what it was. A Absolutely. Few years yeah. Ago. What they expect from you, because everything else around you has changed too. what they ex their expectations may be different. So when you start looking at this, have you done the changes that you need to do in order to live for the next 20 years in your business or 25 years or even five years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so for those kind of things are the things that we work with through strategies and through systems and work through a variety of different frameworks that will activate change within your business so that you can actually enjoy your life and your business because your business is supposed to be there to prop up your life, not you to prop up your business for the entire life. Yeah. Right? And yep. I think that's that's sort of the key thing around this of becoming an entrepreneur. Because if all you're going to do is work, 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 well, you might as well just do it for somebody else. Why have the risks and all of the other things on the top of your shoulders of being a business owner if that's all you want from it? And that's that last piece. That last P is profit. But profit doesn't necessarily just mean dollars because most of the clients that I work with have money. They've, they've already got to that level where they actually are doing okay. Mm -hmm. You know, they're doing fine, but they want to take back some of their freedom. Yeah. And so what do we do with that profit is an interesting piece. So how am I going to recarve that and relook at that? And how am I going to have this, this is what I hear a lot. Better relationships with my family. I'm going to see my family more. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to be involved because maybe I haven't over the last five or 10 years or whatever the case is, as much as I may have liked to. Mm -hmm. Better relationships at work with your team. Better relationships with your clients so that we can have even better clients so that our business will be even better. Cause I don't have time for that either. Cause I'm worried about doing all this other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm, absolutely. More time for my health mentally, physically. 
maybe I'm not feeling after all this craziness of the last few years mentally as strong as I think I should. Or maybe I've put on an extra 15 or 20 pounds and I actually have to manage that. But I don't have time because I'm working so hard in my business and all this stuff's going on and people keep leaving and all this other stuff, right? That's the kind of stuff. And what do I want my mission, my purpose personally, as well as the mission and purpose for the business? Is it in alignment with what I want? Is it in alignment with what I got into business when I started the business a few years ago, however long that go was, when I had these dreams, the vision of, of what I thought it would be, have I actually done that? Is there work to be done? How can I accomplish that sort of stuff? So that's, this is what the profit can do because, you know, as much as, as much as, you know, we think about profit only being dollars, the dollars really only buy you freedom right? Mm -hmm. They buy you freedom in, in the ability for you to be able to pay for someone else's services or some other app or something that's going to free you up from whatever it is you're doing so that you can live a better life because everybody buys a better life. And when you buy a better life, you need the dollars to do that. So you have to have your business working. And that's what I was saying. A lot of times the clients that I have, they've already kind of got the dollar portion sort of figured out. Now they're kind of stepping back and they're saying, well, what now? Do I want to buy another business? Do I want to sell this business? Do I... And as a former business broker, you know, all of the, the ideas around how to get the most value out of your business and set your business up to be sold is another thing that I work with on with my clients. So yeah, lots of, lots of cool stuff, but it all really revolves around those five P's. Honing your promise, aligning your products, or if you're a service-based business, your services. So honing your promise, aligning your products, aligning your process, which a lot of problems there, and aligning your people so that you can enjoy the right amount of profit. And people are often the biggest one that most people have issues with. And as many issues as the people in your business bring you, they're the only way to true freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It was so much. I was taking so many notes. So I'm just trying to collect, <laughs> collect where I want to jump in first with that. But to the people point, I mean, I work with a lot of solopreneurs and many of whom hope to expand, yeah. hope to continue to grow. And it, it, sure. it is, it's a little scary, right? Most of us have worked totally. in offices. We've had coworkers, we've had bosses. No one wants to be that mean, scary boss that we're all afraid of. So I definitely think we can dig more into that as well. But I, I do love what you're saying that what we can do with the profit and the time freedom. That's how I think of it. Like we start our businesses so that we can control our own schedules. We get to decide how and when we spend our time to some extent. Right. Yeah. And I work with my clients through like an ideal day, an ideal week kind of exercise Love and it. have them start thinking about the small changes they can make to start living that ideal day. Right. And I always make the joke that my ideal day actually does include work. Cause when I hear ideal day, it's also like, I'm at the beach all day or something, but an ideal work day for most of us. And there has uh, to be reality. There has to be reality right? involved. <laughs> so I think that's just so, so important in that self-care piece of it as well, making sure that those are all being balanced. But I do want to jump back into the the process P because I'm such a process person. Yeah, and I think that's there's so much power there. And especially when it comes to you talk a lot about like your business being self self-managing, right? Like mm -hmm. taking you out of your business. And I think process plays such an important role there. So where do you see some of the challenges that people may face in the process? P? Well, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> we have time. I to... <laughs> I, yeah. Because I coached this Chelsea, I mean, we own some shoe stores mm -hmm. and basically I work in my shoe stores somewhere in the vicinity of a half day to a day a week. And that's my commitment as the leader of that business. And I'd spend most of my time coaching others to, to do the same, mm -hmm. right? And if that's, if that's what they wish to do. And, you know, from that, I've got my business setting up because set up because of these five P's, the alignment of the five P's, because we have the process, because we have the right people. And it's one thing you can't have, well, I, I'm not going to say you can't have, but you should have the process aligned before you actually assign accountability, mm -hmm. right? And so that's the thing. I mean, if people say, okay, if your audience is mostly solopreneurs, it's like, okay, I'm going to hire somebody now. 
And so I'm going to put it out there that I need an assistant. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, how are you going to bring that? You're going to just assign the assistant and say, okay, well, let's go. You know, there has to be some process in place. And what happens is, especially with people in the startup phase, and before you kind of get to a point where the entrepreneur can't actually do everything themselves, is that it's all in their head. Mm -hmm. So how do you take it out of your head and put it into a format that other people are going to understand? And so that's, to me... The, the bulk of the process and whatever level that's at, whether it's literally, well, you need to do the a job application form or whether it's you need to be able to know how to receive a certain product or you need to know how to put a social post out on LinkedIn, whatever the case is, whatever those processes are, they have to be outlined, detailed, understandable, repeatable. And then once they're at that level, assignable. So I use sort of a 4A process. I like my A's and my P's and my M's and all that kind of C's. I love it. And the four A's are assess it, address it, align it, and assign it. Assess it, address it, align it, and assign it. And you can think about that for any process. Assess what it is you need done. Address it, which means, okay, now that I've assessed I need this, now I'm going to address it. What's involved? What are the step-by-step -step procedures align it into the bigger portions of what it is it needs where it needs to go in your business and then assign it which is okay i'm going to put that down under chelsea's mm -hmm. assignments right it's your accountability now so when you've actually assigned accountability for the process that's when the freedom happens so long as you as the entrepreneur doesn't dig back in there and play with that you actually have to let them own it Right. Yeah. Because, and that's a problem for a lot of managers and business owners. It's like, I've, I've got their name on the accountability chart and they're assigned, they're responsible for marketing, let's say, but I'm always the one that's answering all the questions and dealing with the, this and that, and, and giving final authority. Well, who's, this, who's accountable then you're accountable, not that person. So, I mean, that's a big piece as well, because entrepreneurs, especially people that started something on their own, they've always had to make these decisions, right? They've always had to, it's like, well, I've always had to do that. And so releasing sometimes is a very unusual thing for them. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of had to become control freaks, right? Because it was all, because you all had to be, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. not because you necessarily wanted to be, or mm -hmm. that's your people say, well, that's just, that's just my type. Well, no, it's because you had to be to get the thing going, mm -hmm. right? Maybe you didn't have enough money or you didn't know the right people, or you weren't in the right connection or the community or whatever, all these different reasons, but you had to be, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's normal startup, sort of that one, two, sure, three absolutely, year, yeah. nor one to three year typey thing. And, you know, and then you, as you're starting to add your team members, you have to start releasing because if, when we started the conversation, which is like, okay, do I want my freedom? If you want, if you truly actually want more freedom to be healthier, to have better relationships, to go away on a vacation for the first time. And sometimes I've hearing like five or 10 years before I've actually been fully away for a week or two weeks. If that's you, it's like, is that, is that what you wanted out of your business? Because if it isn't, then, you know, we need to set up the processes. We need to start working through some of this stuff so that we can actually assign accountability. Because when you assign accountability and somebody else is doing it, then you're really, as the leader of that, you're really just give me the Coles notes, please. That's all I really need. And, you know, if you have any issues that are outside of the parameters of the process that we set up, let's talk about them. But if you're in full alignment with the promise, that's fully clear of what, what it is we do and why we do it and who we're doing it for, then you should be able to make most of these decisions yourself anyway, because you get it and you're in alignment. And if there's anything that sort of seems a little funky there, bring me in. I'm here. I'm still the owner of the business, right? And so that's that's the sort of conversation that goes around once you've assigned it off then you're kind of there to be their coach. Yeah. And 
outside of that, it's like, hey, listen, you know, you know what to do. You've got your process in place. And if you if you're getting even better, because people with process, like anything, you get better at it, quicker at it, all that stuff. When you're ready to take on more, I'll assign a bit more. Because much to most people's thoughts, if your team is aligned with your promise, and if they buy into the culture of your business, and if they truly believe in what you do, they actually want to be accountable. They don't want to hide their accountability. They don't want to hide in the back closet room. They don't want to sh shuffle it off. They actually want to own it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting piece of the overwhelm part too, Chelsea, because when you, when you, it's like a great relief when you assign that to somebody who, you know, is on your side, right? who, you know, is understands it. And if they don't understand it, when you're assigning that off, you feel uncomfortable. Sure. And I yeah. think that's a telling point right there. If you're feeling uncomfortable when you're assigning something, you probably either aren't aligned with your promise and they aren't aligned with your promise. You probably, the product that's involved or the service that's involved, probably, you know, it's not quite right either. Or the process, you know, there's some work to be done on it. Mm -hmm. They're telling signs. If your gut's telling you that I can't assign this yet to somebody, you need to reverse engineer that and go back and say, what is wrong? Why can't I assign this? Is my process not right? Right? Do I not have the checklist written down on video, you know, on audio? People absorb things in different ways. So you need to have them available for them in different ways as well for that person. Understanding if they like to see things and that's better, or they want to read the script. Like, let's just use our podcast here, Chelsea. I mean, I have a podcast too. And from from my side of things, it's like, I have the video portion of it for people who want to watch it. I have an audio portion for people that want to listen. I actually take everyone and make a blog article out of it and have a, you know, it's on yeah. medium, it's on LinkedIn, it's on, it's on my website, it's all over. So from that perspective, you can get the same conversation in any way you want to absorb it. So from a process standpoint, do you have in your business, these items aligned that you are assigning accountability to in the methodology and understanding of how that person wants to absorb it. And if you don't, maybe you need to go back and understand. It's like, well, we have it written down somewhere. Okay. Well, do you have the video that actually guides them through it? Do you have the odd, like, like, is there a process around that? Because if there isn't, maybe that's the problem. But when you're feeling those tinglings of uncomfortableness, when you're assigning accountability, it's just, you know, go back and look at that. Is it, is it in full alignment with all these things? Cause it's only when it is that your team member is going to be able to make that decision every time the right way in the right method, following your sort of guidance. And when there's those odds and sods, that's when you step in. And I mean, that's just part of being the owner of the business. Yeah. Oh, again, so many good things I want to jump in on. I think right off the bat, that gut check is is such a valuable piece of information, especially when people are, are, like I said, potentially nervous about bringing in someone and continuing to check in with yourself about where that relationship is and what needs to be done. So, so good. I love that you mentioned the different ways to capture processes too, because that's something that I've been thinking a lot about as well. And I, you know, there's so many great tools out there to be oh, able gosh. to do that. And people do learn in a variety of different ways. And so I really appreciate it when I learn best by example. So someone just telling me is not going to, I need to like, I need to know exactly how it's going to be used for, for really to click to me. And so I really appreciate it when someone can model things in that way. And then just from a kind of practical, tactical standpoint, when entrepreneurs are starting to capture this process, do you recommend that they do it in real time? Or is this something that can be batched, like block a day and capture all your processes, or is it some kind of hybrid situation? It's both. It's both, Chelsea. I mean, one of my coaches, his name is Ari Mizell, and 
Ari uses a couple of different terms that I really like and two of which, and you can read his books and he's got a podcast called Less Doing with 500 episodes. So, I mean, there's lots of Ari Mizell stuff out there, but Ari's got two little things that I think are interesting based on this. One is that he calls it the external brain. And so how do you capture stuff in an external brain, in your external brain so that you can pull it up at a later date mm -hmm. and find it and all that sort of stuff. So we can talk about that a little bit. The other part is what he, he uses the terminology of OAO for processes. And OAO is optimize, automate, and outsource. So, and it has to happen in that order. So you need to optimize your processes. Like we talked about that checklist is it, and, and then run it and run it and run it and run it. And, you know, you'll find out whether or not it, there's missing pieces. Automate it if you can, because you know, not everything needs a person to do it. Yeah. There's I, a lot of great I automation. I made a note to ask about automation. <laughs> okay. There's a gazillion. I use a ton of them. And, and then if you can't, you outsource it and you outsource it either internally or externally, right? Internally to your own team or externally to someone else who's a, is a subject matter specialist, you know, from that side. So I love that framework OAO from Ari. And, and I, th I think about that a lot on how we set up processes and then the external brain side of things, which kind of open this conversation that you, the question you just asked was how do I, how do I do that? Well, there's a few different things. And one of the things I like to use is called Voxer, mm -hmm. V-O-X-E-R. And I'm a big Voxer user for internal communication with all my coaching clients. And it's like a walkie talkie. Yeah. I like to talk as opposed to type. So what I do is I vox me. If I'm thinking of something, I just send myself a vox, a quick little note. And then I have it automate to me later in the day, any of the little voxes that I have. Sometimes I will send them off to Otter, which is a transcription service, and it's going to transcribe it so that I have that sort of stuff. I mean, there's so many little automations. It depends on how you like to receive that information mm -hmm. and then what you do with it, right? It's one thing to have all the information, but what are you actually going to do with it? Yep. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because the reason I ask is for someone who's been in business for, you know, maybe a year, a year or two, and they're, they're starting to think about this next step in their growth. It can be going back to that word overwhelming. Like, if I had to go back and think about like, man, what is all of the things that I do now I have yeah. to capture it in some way. Uh, that's why I, that's where the inspiration for that question came from, because it's like, oh my gosh, where do I even start with this? But to your point, you can, if you're doing it in real time, as you're thinking about it, there are great yeah. tools like Loom, I know is a really great yeah. tool to be able to kind of follow you along as you're clicking around and just save that video. So I Loom every day, one of yeah. my absolute favorite tools. <laughs> It's so handy. So I think it's going to be for people. It sounds like it's a combination of both, yeah. right? Like, and here's another thing I do. I journal every day, every morning. Mm -hmm. So I've got, and I'm happy to share it with anybody listening. It's called the one page planner. And so it, you can find it at simplifyingentrepreneurship.com slash planner. And it's basically a, a planner that you can either print out or use. I use it on my iPad and it, it lays out a variety of like, what are your goal? It's goal setting, right? Yeah, I love that. And so it. it's, I mean, everybody's used planners and well, not everybody, but a lot of people have used planners and this one's more in line with an entrepreneurial lifestyle. So what do you want out of your life? We've talked about that before as an entrepreneur, you own your business and should own you. So it starts with what do you want out of your life? And then it goes down into sort of your year, your quarter, your month, your week, and your day so that you can actually actually make those things happen. And that's a process. Mm -hmm. So I sit down and I don't do it every single day. I'll be honest, but I do most days and it has per personal things on it, but it also has business things on it too. It's like my, I use called three, pri the three prime priorities, prime priorities. And so what are those prime priorities? What do I need to get done today? Well, I'm having an interview with Chelsea. I have an online course to, to start later today that I'm going to be six hours in on. And, you know, so these different things, I know what my prime priorities for the day are, but if those prime priorities aren't in alignment with what I need to get down out of my week, out of my quarter and out of my year, then they aren't proper. Mm -hmm. So, and if they aren't, well, I need to know that first so that I can make the judgment call or I need to change it because it's not in alignment with what I want out. And that's a process of driving home what I want out of my business and my life so that hopefully 25 years from now, I will be there or maybe even earlier because I'm <laughs> using the right process, right? Yeah. Priorities is such an important topic. And I think this is where I can just see again, my 
my audience or myself even thinking like how to make this the priority though because it does feel something like I may or may you know you may or may not even use it or you know like I feel like it's just one of those things that can so easily be kind of kicked down the priority list but the reality is we it's essential in order to make all of those other priorities happen right make all of those other goals happen so as much as you can break it down and fit it into your week or your quarter is so important to consider when you're, as you're growing your business, because it's easy to prioritize the urgent flashy things, right. And capturing processes is not typically urgent or flashy. No. And I mean, the reality of it is, is if you plan to fail, the fail will, or the, how does, how does that go? What's that plan? If you plan to fail, fail the plan, yeah. (laughs) if you plan to fail, the plan will fail, something like that. Something like that. But yeah, I can't even remember it right now. But this idea is that essentially, you know what? You need to give yourself time when you talk. You talk a lot about time management mm-hmm. and and overwhelm and all that stuff. But you know, you actually have to give yourself time to think about what it is you want, so that you can craft the right processes and the right different things. And and so that you are always ensuring that you're in alignment with what it is you want. Because if you're feeling overwhelmed, a lot of times the overwhelm is because you're maybe not doing what it is you think you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's because your priorities are off. Yeah. Or you don't know what, we don't even know what to do, right? You need to kind of take a step back and say, What's my goal here? Yeah. So, you know, I've been on a variety of different boards and different things like that. And you know what? You kind of go through that process at the time. Maybe at the time, that's what, what you needed to do. And maybe it's changed. Just like we talked about the promise. Maybe the promise for your business needs to be relooked at a little bit, right? And so, but the promise for you personally, because just because you had this vision 25 years ago, doesn't mean it's still relevant. Mm -hmm. So have you updated that sort of stuff? Is it still in alignment with what your goals were? All this kind of stuff, making sure that that's sort of where it all starts, because as the business owner, you have the ability and the right to change things. Yeah. That's why you're a business owner, right? Because you make the call. Yeah. So uh, I, it's okay, right? It's okay to change. Yeah, that was a, I talk about a lot on this podcast. It was the best lessons I ever learned that it, I'm allowed to change my mind. What my yeah. business is now is not what it started as. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I got to change. I'm grateful that I can continue to evolve it. And the people are following along with me and are excited and ready for, for whatever I come up with next. And so that's really, really exciting, but it's okay. Like, it's okay that it's changed. (laughs) Totally. Okay. That's you own that right because you own the business. (laughs) And that's the difference between being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, than actually having to respond to a business owner or an entrepreneur. And you know what business, business ownership is not for everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not. And, you know, as much as there's some great things out there, there are some fallbacks and there's, there's some things that, that cause issue and, and it's not for everybody, but for those who do want, and, and here's another thing I, I I love, it's a Dan Sullivan quote, and I like Dan Sullivan from strategic coach, but he says, entrepreneurs are virtually unemployable. And, and I believe that to be the case because, you know, as I've been, my started my first business and well, my first real business outside of sort of high school and university businesses, my first real business in 1994. And I've never looked back, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I've had opportunity to go work for other people along the way and been offered different things and what have you. But it's just like, "Mm, I I don't think I could ever work for anybody. And I don't think they'd ever have me because (laughs) of my sort of ways of doing things. And the fact that I'd probably want to go in there and actually change the things that I think are needed to be done in order to run it my way. Yeah. And, you know, it's, so it's a tough thing, you know, when you, when you look at that sort of stuff, but as we're talking to a variety of entrepreneurs here on this podcast today, you know, you'll probably resonate with that because that's why you got into business. It's like, listen, I can craft my own life. My thing here is that, you want absolute clarity, at least at this time. Because, I mean, 
It's only clarity at this time, right? When you write it down. So because it may, it may and will change. But at this time, you need absolute clarity as to what your life looks like and what you want out of it so that you can create the business that's going to deliver that back to you. And that's where I come in as a business coach. It's like, okay, let's figure out what you want. And now let's start working on that business because if there's some things that aren't happening there, then let's sort of work through that kind of stuff so that we can deliver that back to you and may not be delivered back to you in two months or three months. It may take time and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Being a, I am a rather impatient person. So that's a big lesson as for all entrepreneurs too, is doesn't happen overnight and be patient. Yeah. I think that's why I've said it a couple of times here because this is the nature of of us. It's like, ah, we want it done. It's like, let's go. And, but you know, here's the other thing. And I said this too, but if you don't start, it -hmm. will never happen. Yeah. So you have to start and grab some low hanging fruit and pick off a few of those things and then just keep working at it and working at it and working at it. It's like compound interest. Once you start working at it, then it's like, wow, I'm starting to really actually see things happen here. And away we go. Yeah. Oh, so good. So, so good. Well, and we started to touch on it already, but one of my favorite parts of, of talking with all these amazing entrepreneurs is hearing about their behind the scenes scheduling and time management because everybody is so successful, but in their own unique way. And I think it just reinforces my whole thing about productivity being personal. So you talked about your, your planner already a little bit, but I'd love for you to walk us through a normal day or week in, in your life, in your business. I'm yes, I use my planner and my planner. I don't like, I like to still scribe stuff. So I grab my planner. I put it on my iPad. I get my Apple pen and I literally handwrite the stuff yes. on. I just like doing it that way. It's I prefer to do that than type, but you know, so that's more of my strategic type stuff. And my, you know, it's not my sort of, what am I doing minute to minute? Do I have to hop on the podcast at 10 AM or whatever the case is, you know, that stuff for me, is held in Google Calendar. I love Google Calendar. I love I I'm a big Google fan from that perspective. Uh, all of our all of our Gmail stuff comes in there. We use G Drive within all the businesses so that we can share everything. You know, it's just such a great way of doing it. So for me, we're just big proponents of that side of things. So yeah, everything I've got you know, seven different calendars for the different businesses and different things, including my personal stuff that I have on, and I can just turn them on or off and I can overlay them. Yeah, I love that. That sort of stuff. So, you know, from that perspective, everything is there. I can see from day to day what's going on. I block off the, the weeks that I have off and the time that I have off so that it's all nice and neat. And the other thing is everybody else who needs to know has it too. Mm-hmm. Right. So all my team, my management and all of that sort of stuff, they see where I'm at. They see what's going on. They know what's happening so that if they need to get a hold of me, they're not, they're not bothering me when they know I'm busy and they, they absolutely know when I'm going to be with them too. So we share everything that way. It's just, it's a great tool. So that's one of the big time management things that I have and our team uses it too, right? It's not just me, Yeah. but so from that perspective, we can all share what it is we're doing and and what's in alignment for the week. And, and for like, literally there's stuff in there, you know, I've got a speaking gig, let's say in, in March. Well, they know that I'm going to be in Florida in March at a, at a conference speaking. So, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And it's, it's all nice and neat and handy and very shareable, which I also love. Yeah. Do you like to have themes around your day or it sounds like you block schedule a little bit? So how do you kind of break up the different tasks that you're working on? Part of my planning, my planner is sort of what I call free focus and flex time. And so, yes, certain, certain times I will literally plan free time in my day or plan block a full day of free time. But sometimes I just literally, it's like, I'm going to go golfing and do nine holes from seven 30 till nine 30 <laughs> in the morning, or I'm going to go for a bike ride from 12 till one 30 or whatever the case is. So I will block some free time. And I also block focus time. This is focus time. We're here. Like This is a a designated meeting that we're having and we're chatting and all that sort of stuff. So I consider this focus time. And then I also block flex time. And flex time is something that a lot of people don't block very well. Mm -mm. And so flex time for me, when if we're popping flex time back onto the Google calendar, flex time is, well, between this meeting and my next meeting, 
am I actually giving myself time? Yeah. People back to back a lot, right? And if you back to back a lot, you never actually accomplish what was happening in that meeting before. You don't have time to download and actually do actionable steps. So think about that. It really, you really need to have flex time built into your schedule so that you can either set up your free time or set up your focus time and make sure that the things happen. And that's a process. Yeah. Right. So if you think about another tool I love, Calendly. So Calendly is is a tool I've been using for years, but but essentially, you know, it allows you to set up time. You know, don't book me back to back. You know, and and you can set your own time, half an hour, 15 minutes, whatever that, whatever that's going to be. So, you know, allowing yourself, whether you have an automagical tool like Calendly to do it, or whether you do it yourself, just make sure you're not booking yourself in that way. Give yourself some free time in order to do what you need to do, download the information, send out whatever it is you need to send out for action steps so that you can actually continue the flow of things. And it's better if if you're booked seven meetings out of an eight hour day and they're an hour long meeting, that's not going to happen. But if you have three or four and you're giving yourself this in between flex time to make this stuff happen, interesting. And a lot more happens that way. So, and just don't allow yourself to be booked. I mean, you own your schedule. So from that perspective, it's like, Hey, listen, if you're, if you're finding you have 32 meetings in a 40 hour work week, then you need to find out what's the priority and, and take that down. Right. Do I really need to be involved in these? Do they need me here? Do I need to be here? What's being accomplished at these things and, and that sort of stuff. Right. So, I mean, it really, when you see it all in front of you, it allows you to get this visual picture. And I like to use colors. It's like, this one's green, this one's red, this one's yellow. And so I, I really understand, okay, I got about 20% of my time with this and 30% of my time with this. And so is, does, does that sound right? Is that in alignment with what you think? Cause if it isn't, there's your homework. Right. And that's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta straighten this away. Yeah. Oh, it's so important about scheduling. I, I learned a very valuable lesson with Calendly that you can make it so that someone can't book within 12 hours exactly. because what was happening to me is I would plan out my week. I'd have all the meetings in and then especially with podcast guests, I'd send okay, great here, book your time. And then they would throw something in on Thursday, on yeah. a, but I already had my day planned. And so yes, those tools are fantastic. I don't know what I would do without Calendly, but <laughs> <laughs> make sure that you're you're manipulating it to your advantage. You're using it. To your I just advantage. did a little short episode on my podcast, the Simplifying Entrepreneurship Podcast, on Calendly. Oh, you know, And just talking a little bit about it. And from that perspective, I mean, you know, I, I book it so that people can't book forty eight hours in advance. Yeah. Yep. You know, and so for you know, there's so many different little tweaks and ways of doing things. And here's here's an interesting thing too. You know, for the, our listeners. You know, the last time you set up an appointment without a digital tool like Calendly or TidyCal or one of these, uh, you know, appointments, how many times were you back and forth with that person to actually go for coffee or to go and, you know, have your sales presentation or whatever the case is? Industry averages say between seven and 13. Seven and 13 times back and forth, either on text or on phone or on email or a combination of all these, just to book an appointment where it could have been done without you even knowing. Like, yeah. How much time does that save you? How much overwhelm does that take away? Just yeah. a simple tool like Calendly or TidyCal. So, so awesome. Yeah. And, and I mean, to, and exactly to your point too, I, I used to work in development and we would make, I'd have donor meetings mm. and unfortunately it wasn't encouraged for us to use Calendly because it made it a little too businessy and we needed to be more relational. But one of the best tips I learned for people who may be in the space where they can't use one of the tools offer a specific date and time, start with a react, like right. a suggestion, because if you say, Oh, let me know what works best for you. That's when like chaos happens. Right. And if you can offer them a specific time to react to, then they will propose a, a specific time back and say like, Oh no, whatever works for you. Right. And then we play this game, but also, you know, I think that, that really controlling your calendar, blocking things off so that you don't, you don't always have to be a thousand percent like accommodating to everybody else's schedule. Right. And there's, there's obviously flexibility there and we, we want to find a balance, but if you can't do Thursdays at 9am because you need to I don't know, take your dog for a walk, like 
don't book meetings at nine o'clock on a Thursday because that's where I think a lot of people can start feeling really resentful of their calendars and the meetings that they're having. And and sometimes even with their client work, because it's to your point, it's not in alignment with how they are going to work best. How are they going to feel best and how they're going to show up for their clients and for their business and for colleagues and, and employees. So I think that calendar piece is so, so important. We could probably do a whole episode on, on best practices for scheduling things. Yeah. And you can set up so many different calendars too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and have different reasons. Like you can have your podcast one and you can have a sales presentation one. You can have a, yep. you know, a, a hookup with me to reconnect one or, you know, all these different ones. I probably have, I think maybe 14 or 15 different Calendly uh, yep. setups within within there and each of them have their own time blocks and each of them have their own sort of setups depending on what I need for availability for them and I think it's really interesting so that you just go to the one you need and send them the link so yeah some great great ways of setting up being more productive with your time management and I think an important piece and here's another big one for me email filtering mm. Email takes so much of your day in a lot of cases. I mean, I filter everything and I probably have at least a hundred email filters in my Gmail and so that they all go to the right spots. And I really only get the things that are most important to me because the overwhelm that comes with opening your inbox in the morning or at night or whenever you open it and seeing another 50 email or hundred email or 300 email that are unopened is very overwhelming. And you don't need to do that. It's unnecessary. And there are ways and structures to get what you truly need so that it's an incredibly freeing feeling to see four emails in your inbox as opposed to 40 or 400. And from that perspective, and then go to the ones that aren't as important when you have time or if you feel like it, Mm -hmm. as opposed to every time you open the box. So another way to incredibly reduce your overwhelm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Inbox management is one of the biggest game changers. Any of anytime I work with a client on time management and productivity, talking about inbox management is, is such a critical part of it because as you said, it's it's the first thing most of us do in the morning. Right. I mean, yeah. it's embarrassing to admit that that is like our go-to move is to check our inbox. And if you're starting the day with 50 emails. of which you don't even need in there. It's just, it's just not, not the best way to wake up. So yeah, I love that. Such a great tip and being thoughtful about it. I think with inbox management, as with your calendar, it can, it can get out of control without us even really realizing it. And so just taking kind of a, that intentional time to think about, okay, what do I want my schedule to look like? What do I want my inbox to look like? can be so important. So I highly recommend our listeners just it doesn't have, whatever it is right now, it doesn't have to be that way. Like take a, take a pause, reach out to one of us and let's, <laughs> let's figure that out. Here's, um, here's one little add on to that. Yeah. Once you get your inbox managed, help your team manage theirs. Oof. Right. Absolutely. And you can do that in a variety of ways. You can help them set up the filters. You can help them, you know, all that way. But here's the other thing you can do. Start scheduling your emails. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I never send my team. Well, I won't say ever, because sometimes I forget to schedule where the case is, but 98.9% of the time, I don't send my team emails after hours. They are always scheduled for 8am the next morning. And so they don't have the interrupt and all the, and think about the overwhelm there. If you're, if you've listening here and you've ever got an email from your prior boss or whatever the case is after hours. How does that set up the rest of your night? How does, you know, you're starting now, now you're taking away your relationship time with your family and all this other stuff. Yeah. And, and you're thinking about work again and you're trying to get away and all this other stuff. It's like, you know what? You owe it to your team not to be sending them stuff after hours. And just because you're up doing stuff doesn't mean that your team should be. And from that perspective, that's taking it to the, a little bit past that, but a little bit past that filtering side of things, but you can help them filter by not sending them that stuff. You can still type it all out and get it out of your head so that it's out of your head and processed into Gmail or whatever the case is, but then just hit schedule for tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Yep. Love that. Such a good tip. Strongly recommend. Love that. All right. So 
I want to make sure we have time for my three kind of rapid fire questions at the end here. And then I'll have you share where everybody can find you. But awesome. first question here is, are you a morning person or a night person? Absolutely morning. <laughs> okay. Great. Paper and pen or all digital? Bit of both. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, journaling, I like my paper and pen. And when I coach, I always use my pen because I like to draw stuff and everything and visualize it. But digitally, I like to capture everything digitally so that I can find it easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a hybrid. 90% mm. of my the answers have that, to that question have been yeah. hybrid. What's your favorite way to relax? If you're watching video, I like to play music. So I've got yeah, some instruments I see behind that. me. Uh, like to, you know, yesterday I was out playing a little bit of pickleball. I like to be involved in sports and, and you know, take a bike ride, that sort of stuff. Or, you know, just spend some time outside as much as possible. Love it. Perfect. Oh, P, this has been an awesome conversation. I feel like we could keep going yeah. for quite a bit longer, but <laughs> where could everybody find you? What's the best way to learn more about the five P's and the four A's and all those great yeah, systems yeah. And, and tools you have? Best way is just head on over to simplifyingentrepreneurship.com. I know it's a long one, but simplifyingentrepreneurship.com and you'll find me there. I'm on social. I'm on LinkedIn, Pete Moore, M-O-H-R. So pretty easy to find me or on the YouTube channels. Perfect. Yeah. I'll link everything in the show notes below too, but thank you so much for your time today. This has been an amazing conversation and I hope we get to talk again soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me, Chelsea. It's been a real pleasure. Make it a great day. Hello, I'm popping in before we say goodbye to let you know that the door is open for the Unbusy Business Owner Membership. This monthly membership is for the time management and productivity enthusiasts. There are monthly trainings, two live group coaching calls, access to past webinars and resources, and an amazing community of other planner and list-loving people. Join today for just $10 on my website, chelseanewmeyer.com. I hope to see you there. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.